and you are listening to the Once Bitten Movie Podcast as part of the Vampire Movie Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Chris. And I'm Scott Danielson. And tonight we are covering minutes 15 through 20. We begin with uh, with um, one of the boys being called a sissy. Or is that Ron? <laughs> Uh, it wouldn't fly in a modern movie, I can tell you that much. But is that Ron? Which, which of the two boys get, get called a sissy? Yes, that's correct. Jeremy, yeah, okay. Um, Jamie's the other one. Jamie's the more squealy one. Um, and then it ends with... A gun a, being pulled. A gun being pulled. Okay, yeah. I, just wanna, I, I, my, I, I started watching it as one complete movie, and then I forgot to turn the timer on. I'm like, whoops, I'm at minute 25 now. <laughs> I'm like, why, yeah. is minute so, why is he minute so long? Okay. So we pick up where we left off with uh, with uh, Ron sitting down at the bar with the trans with the uh, crossdresser man in drag as it's listed in the credits man in drag okay him finding out that that's a man and then leaving immediately and then and then the man in drag saying sissy yes that's correct <laughs> they're kind of bored with the situation and want to leave but then they get a phone call which he answers studs are us studs are us yes that is anything are us that's that's, that's peak. It's, it's it's like they're they're literally talking about how they they're not having any luck at this place and that's his opening line which okay. is pretty solid. Skip I mean, by the way plays solid. Russ by the way just to point that out he plays Russ not Rod so my names were completely screwed up. All right. So the Countess calls and asks to speak to our main character uh, Mark Kendall played by Jim Carrey mm-hmm. and that's she correct. invites him over to join with her champagne. Uh, but I can't yeah, see what kind of champagne. champagne. Yeah, what kind of champagne is that? I could not tell personally. Gotcha. Neither could I. Um, so they want to share. Oh no! I mean, there's only there's a limited number of kinds of champagne. I mean, I think there's just general champagne, but it could be like I doubt it would be brute or anything like that. Maybe it's like prosecco. I it's hard to tell. Who is the um? What is the name of the two? Hold on, I gotta kill the music. What is the name of the two women that call over um, Jamie and Russ? Because I do not see them on IMDb listed at all as pedophilia and pedophilia one and two. Because that's basically what her <laughs> husband calls over, comes over and calls them. Yeah, um, I'm looking over. It looks like so. You know, it's not clear who any anybody is in that. Seeing who the the husband, the angry husband is, who comes in later. It is. It's very unclear moving forward okay and then what would you call what 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 would be your definition your professional opinion as a wino what is a wino uh i i'd say a wino is generally what they refer to as like a a homeless drunk that's kind of what it's that's usually what it means okay because imdb they have the wino listed right below those two so i wasn't sure if that was the husband or not but i guess not because they don't list the husband at all and he's got a pretty, no, they, he's got like a pretty big couple scenes with the fact that he pulls the gun and then later on gets walked out by the cops. <laughs> yeah, his, his his whole thing is both is very funny, and I really like actually the payoff for his later because which we'll talk about when we get to it, but um, in in the next five, in the next five minutes. But yeah, he's he's very upset, and he he goes into this long monologue about you you are filthy you you wrote this filth to my wife and and. <laughs> And he's like, so you're Chester. Like, that's how he, oh, that's his first line. So you're the famous Chester. And he seems to have near pitch black eyes. So his whole shtick is, is pretty fantastic. I'm trying to find on Google the gunman in uh, Once Bitten. 
Yeah, I'm looking everywhere. I'm not having much luck. But that's who those two women are, because there's no other scene in the movie that involves two women that aren't vampires or the women that they try and pick up at the uh, laundromat. Yeah. Because there's no two oh. women in any scene other than the vampires and the laundromat women, and I don't count the multiple characters that are at the dance later on. Okay. So, as best as I can tell, this guy's... No, it's... I can't tell. The best candidate I have for this guy is Ron Vernon, but I don't think it's him. Yeah, that I'm looking sound for right either. Yeah, I'm looking for pictures. What's funny is a guy Doug Ferroni, who plays the wino later on, played a cop in uh, a detective in Spider-Man Two. Oh, very nice. Yeah, and he was also in uh, Sabrina with Harrison Ford. Uh, but he's oh, looking wow. at Pete uncredited, but he's got too much hair, and his face doesn't look exactly the same either. So, I'm not finding who the husband is whatsoever. Lost the time, seemingly. Yeah, something like that. Not even doesn't even have a credit on IMDb unless his name is mentioned, but I don't ever hear the two women mention the name. Okay, so moving on. While Russ and uh, and J- and uh, J- and Jamie are getting uh, accosted by the husband, um, we're mistaken identity. Uh, Mark is completely checking out the uh, countess and totally wants to bang her uh, by, of course, staring straight down her dress. Now, the angle that they shoot her at, it doesn't really look like she's got a ton of cleavage going on because of the way the dress envelopes both her breasts. But when she's seen later on walking up the stairs or whatever, you get the full, like, view downstairs shot. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's, it's one of those, because it's a PG-13 movie, they kind of had to keep everything in place. So, especially if she's sitting and, like, leaning, they can't have anything happening. So, I'm guessing they kind of adjusted on set to make sure that didn't happen. What does Mark compare the Countess to when she says her name? Oh, compares it to uh, his dog? Yeah, so you just compared this beautiful woman to a bitch. Yeah, which is very... Yeah, Mark is stumbling over himself. And what I what I love is that he's, he's... Even in this, even like about a decade removed, like a decade away from his breakout, he still has all those like physical tics that he, he you know, that kind of make him who he is when he acts. And there was an interview that he did uh, just prior to this on some, like, uh, very small Today show. And, like, most of, a lot of the interview was him doing his silly antics as Jim Carrey and stuff like that. But he does briefly talk about this, um, him meeting the Countess in the interview. They, in the YouTube clip for the interview, they cut the scene out from the movie. But you get the idea of what he's talking about because he does set it up. Um, but they call it a uh, horror movie at least three times during the interview. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I think it's... I think it's... One thing I, I find kind of fascinating is that in the 80s, well, in this era, like nothing was really two things. Like the idea of a horror comedy wasn't really a popular idea at the time. Right. Even though we've had a bunch of them with like uh, Friday, uh, Saturday the 14th and uh, American Werewolf in London. Yeah, they've had it before. But it, yeah, they, it's just not a very popular term. And those movies are all kind of cult sensations. They're not big big releases so well american world I mean, london was a huge release that 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 was a big box office smash yeah it was i mean it was a box office smash but it it was it was a hit but it it was one of those movies like not enough to shift i think general thinking so if you're going on the daytime talk shows then nobody's going to be like oh okay so they just saw a vampire and wrote okay horror movie and that's it and they toss it away <laughs> oh they didn't really do the research yeah, typically, no, they don't, or they just, they, they literally get a card where just somebody says, like, okay, this new horror movie, and they're like, oh, okay, sure. 
may go from there. As uh, Jamie and Russ are getting picked on by the husband, Mark wants to go over and help him, but the Countess grabs his arm immediately and pulls him back to the uh, bar that they can handle it. Um, yes. Probably using her vampire powers in some way because he doesn't take his eyes off of her when she grabs him either. Yeah, I wondered the same thing too. It definitely looks like, um, oh, what do they call it? I'm forgetting at the moment. I'm Hip- sorry? Hypnotizes. Yeah, that's right. So it's like some sort of the sh- like a shimmer or glamouring or right. whatever they want to call it. Which, as an 18-year-old boy looking to get laid, she doesn't really need to do that too much, considering that she's no. got everything that he wants. When I was 18 years old, I fantasized about a 40-something-year-old woman, which, uh, do the math, this movie came out 35 years ago, by the way. 1985 was 35 years ago. Laura oh, Hutton goodness. is 72 years old. How old is Laura Hutton today? How old was Laura Hutton when she made the movie? Sorry. Oh, 32 years old. I mean, she was... Right, so you said... Hang on. So, so you okay, said it was so like 35 she's, years... She's, she's 72 years old today. And to track 35, she is... Oh, goodness. I'm, why am I doing so bad at the math? She was, 37. was she 37 at she the time? She was 37. Yeah. And Jim Carrey was eight. Was uh, 18. Goodness. So the age actually kind of matches up. Um, I mean, she's supposed Which to is- be... She's supposed to be a vampire. Uh, it's alluded to in the apparently the novelization for the movie that she's 400 years old. I see. Yeah, they yeah, they make a lot of casual references to her being old. Like the whole all of her banter with Jim Carrey is all a lot of inside jokes for the audience. Like she's just like she's like, oh, how old are you? And she's she just says older than you think. But a lot of a lot of breathy lines delivered that are loaded with like kind of jokes about her being a vampire that he doesn't quite get. Right, and of course that's the way she always talks too. That's why she was such a huge, huge star. And she did Playboy like like fifteen years prior to this when she was in her early twenties. Yeah. So those photos online that you find of her from Playboy, the black and whites with completely nude, um, legs closed, of course. She had, uh, uh, yeah, she was she was in her early twenties when she did those. Yeah, I mean that makes that makes sense for the Playboy crowd. Yeah, definitely. Um, years later, she would become a huge advocate for menopause. Uh, she was their big spokesperson. Oh, I think I vaguely remember that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I, had a, I, I went on a date with a woman who was uh, 42, 43 years old, and she said she went through that whole thing back in her early 30s because she had a hysterectomy. Oh, I see. And I was just like, and how, did it, how do you feel now? And she's like, it's the greatest thing ever. She's like, it's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. She's like, she's like, I, I went through early menopause and and it everything is I'm totally fine, and no more periods and you know all the other crap that goes with you know. Any any woman I've spoken to about it, it's just kind of it's wild discomfort for a good period of time until it's kind of until it settles down. Right, because it's basically the ending of your ability to give birth, right? Yes, yeah, some yes, yeah, essentially. So it's just kind of a lot of it's. <laughs> like I, I can't, Mr. Seneca, where in, are you? Yeah, I was about to say I can't speak to everything in terms of anatomy, <laughs> but it's definitely a, you know, there's a lot of physiological changes and hormone changes that are happening, and so it kind of, it's a roller, it's an, an unfortunate roller coaster ride that any any woman has to deal with who reaches a certain age. This episode, I also wanted to talk about the many different covers to Once Bitten that there have uh, there have been put out for DVD, VHS, Laserdisc, and Blu-ray releases. The original VHS box cover has uh, Mark with his hair all scruffied up, buttons unbuttoned on his shirt, his girlfriend in her Halloween costume holding her dress, and him pointing up at the stars and uh, Laura Hutton 
with a vampire collar, like Dracula collar, behind her, smiling, peeking down from a set of sunglasses. And yeah, it's the same. Mark yeah, the same neckline as this dress. Right, 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 right. It's probably the same dress, but she's in the stars. She's like, it's um mm-hmm. that I don't know what it's called when the character is like floating above them, but not really there. It's an artistic choice for like everything, comics, movies. They all do it when you're talking about somebody. They point them above you. Yeah, they kind of yeah they float them above if they're the real person with power in this situation. Mark Kendall just found out that his one night stand has been around for centuries. Well, not quite a one night stand, but we'll get there. Another cover <laughs> has uh, the four main characters again on it, but they're mm-hmm. heavily photoshopped in there. There's the, a castle that's supposed to be her mansion behind him, a moon, Mark's in his Dracula vampire look from the dream sequence coming up, Robin's in her dress, barely looking like she's in the picture, um, she's in her white dress from the part from the dance, Laura Hutton's in her outfit when she goes to get Mark's second blood uh, bite uh, at the department store. And I can't see what Sebastian's wearing, but he's looking off in the distance to the right. And they just mm-hmm. look all heavily photoshopped in. Yeah, it's, it's very glossy looking, but also very fake looking. There's another uh, cover. This is an MGM cover. It has Sebastian, what looks like he's wearing a vampire's cloak. He's staring. He's like rolling his eyes. Robin is again in her white dress. And uh, Countess has her arm around Mark, and Mark is in his... Uh, Letterman jacket. This could that could actually be a publicity still of the two of them together, but the other two were definitely photoshopped in. Uh, the the other one's a bit in cover that I talked about, the one where Marks is the the Dracula vampire. That looks like something that they made to compete with Twilight because they re-released a lot of vampire and werewolf movies in the late 2000s, early 2010s to compete with to uh, to market off of Twilight. And Buffy the Vampire Slayer and American Werewolf in London both got these very grayish, uh, muted color, twilight-looking, romantic co- uh, covers to them. Yeah, Near Dark. I have a copy of Near Dark that looks like that. Yeah, exactly the same thing. Then there's yeah. MGM Movie Time VHS tape. It has Countess in the only time we see her wearing a hoodie or, like, you know, like a hooded uh, cloak. Huh. Sebastian is st- looking exactly the same. Again, this is what I'm saying. These are all Photoshopped. Sebastian is rolling his eyes um, above Robin. Mark is pulling his collar down like he's looking in the mirror at bite marks with his collar up, and Robin is still wearing her white dress. Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting how many different pieces of this all kind of either stay the same or get changed ever so slightly. Uh, Another VHS box, which, again, I believe... I I, want to believe that this is actually real, uh, that they took the photo together and then they photoshopped this other part in. But it has her, again, her arms around Mark. She's, like, biting onto the the part of the glasses that goes around the the ear. And, but her legs are around Mark's body and he's not holding her up. She is just holding onto the back of Jim Carrey. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense considering how tall Laura Hutton is. She's definitely not a very tiny woman. She was no, the she's tallest statuesque. Yeah, she's she was the tallest model to ever appear in Playboy at the time. She's five foot eight, and Jim Carrey's six mm-hmm. feet tall. Yeah, Jim Jim's not not a short man. No, definitely not. Um, let's see what else. Okay, and then we also have the version that I have, 
which is the Screen Factory release, which has the movie poster on it, the one we talked about in the beginning, and then right next to it has the Love at First Bite movie poster. There you go. Uh, I never had the DVD, but I had the VHS tape for a really, really long time. The back of the VHS tape for Once Bitten, which is the original VHS release, has uh, Mark um, as his Dracula, Laura crawling up on him, and then Sebastian doing Laura's makeup. Oh, that's a that's a good that's a good image to use. Yeah, the other VHS tape. So there's a couple different VHS back covers to this. One has them uh, preparing Mark for his third bite, uh, being strapped to that dentist chair, um, and then another one has Laura crawling up uh, Jim Carrey once again. There you go. So, what version of the movie do you own? Uh, the version I have uh, had a physical copy for a bit. It's so. It's the one where it's all kind of uh, Jim is in the center with the fangs and the varsity jacket, and then it's everybody just kind of smushed into frame. It's actually the if you go into our Facebook page, it's it's that's the uh, little uh, circle image that we have. That's the one that that's uh, we've got right that I've got. Gotcha. Well, that's all it. That's all the time we have here for these five minutes of the movie Once Bitten, minutes fifteen to twenty. You can check us out on the Facebook page Once Bitten, as well as our sorry what our fake. Mm. Our Facebook and Twitter are the Vampire Movie Minute Podcast, where we are covering Once Bitten. And we'll be back next week with another exciting episode of Once Bitten on the Vampire Movie Minute Podcast. Check out the other shows on MovieMinutePodcast.com. And you can also tweet at us at ChrisDSAV. Scott C. Danielson. And we'll be back. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. You need to take out the trash. I don't have time for that now. We have two podcasts I have to create a new promo for. What? Both JLUcast and Supermates? Yes. JLUcast, where you and I discuss the Justice League and Justice League Unlimited animated series from Bruce Timm and company. And Supermates, our original show where we talk about all sorts of geeky stuff, including our annual House of Frankenstein series on classic horror films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. But how do we combine this into one promo? have no idea, but it sounds like we're doing our original Supermates promo all over again. I kind of think we are, but hey, other folks kind of aped it, so it must have worked. Well, why don't you get to work taking out the trash, and I'll finish up. Great. So join us, Cindy. And Chris. On JLU Cast and Supermates, both proudly part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network, found at fireandwaterpodcast.com and on iTunes.